Welcome to the Mentorship Matters Podcast, presented by the JAG Corps Leadership Center. In this episode, you will hear Colonel Rob Abbott, Leadership Center Director, interview the 39th Judge Advocate General for the U.S. Army JAG Corps, Lieutenant General Retired, Flora Darpino. This interview was conducted at the Judge Advocate General's Legal Center and School at Charlottesville, Virginia, during the second annual Major General Gray and Lieutenant Colonel Prop Fowl Lecture on Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Please enjoy. One of the things I thought was absolutely profound was at the end when you referenced the American dream. Uh, My question for you, ma'am, is do you feel that the American dream is something that's actually achievable by members of this audience? And any advice for them as they pursue it? I think different people define the American dream differently. And and sometimes that has to do with where you came from. My, My parents wanted us to be accepted, and that you know, was achieved, I think we achieved that overall as a, as a group. But I think what's more important isn't what you do as an individual accomplishment. I think since we're leaders, our responsibility is not inward looking as much as it is inspiring others to be able to achieve what, the full potential of what they're capable of. That's really what our focus needs to be as leaders. And so I think that if we lead correctly, we can lead everyone to their very best. And it's not easy. Some people don't react well to being pushed to their very best. But if they know that it comes because you care about them, you, you really can inspire them. And I have a fourth grade a teacher, a daughter who's a fourth grade teacher. And she has to do that with 28 kids in her classroom every day. And if she can do it with 28 fourth graders (laughs) I challenge you to do it with the people that you have the privilege to lead because that is what is required of great leaders ma'am you mentioned the the privilege of leadership and I think that that, that's a great way to put it you know the army defines leadership as providing purpose direction and motivation to inspire others to accomplish the mission and improve the organization what has been your most inspirational go-to throughout your career that led you to your tremendous success? First of all, I don't consider it my tremendous success, yes, ma'am. okay? There's, uh, there is no way that you achieve anything as a member of a team alone. Yes, ma'am. I'm not going to do this. Is there something like someone, no I or something? What is that saying? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, be, but I really believe, you know, you, you have to have your team lift you up. Yes, ma'am. And maybe it's your peers, like in my first assignment, it was my fellow captains, you know, that we bonded together and protected each other and inspired each other to do well. And so it's never an individual, it's never an individual achievement. I think, uh, I honestly believe that you have to know, and this is all things that you've been taught, you have to know those that you lead because you have to understand their individual capabilities. And what that means is that you have to be vulnerable. You know, because you have to be willing to talk to them in a genuine fashion. And if you're just that hard piece of ice that stands before them and you're not vulnerable and they don't see you as a human being, then they're not gonna share with you the things that they need to make them great. And it can be something really easy that they need. But they're not going to share that if all they see is a block of ice. And so, you know, 
I was going to say, we wear this, but you don't wear this. <laughs> you wear that. You know? And we're taught to you know, stand tall and you know, square our jaws, put our shoulders back, all of those things. But being genuine and making that connection with people is what really inspires them because then you know them, you know their capabilities, and you know how to make them be better. Ma'am, you talked a lot about your upbringing and the values instilled in you by your parents. And I found it particularly motivating, the part about, you know, always giving your best at whatever you do and being better than those around you. The third thing you also mentioned is that they are always watching. Which of those three things focused you or drove you the most to continue to move forward in your career? Uh, I think they're a package deal. Okay. Okay? And... Because I am a storyteller, like a good Italian, um, <laughs> I when, we moved around a lot when I was young. My my dad, when he went to college, um, he ended up being an agronomy major. So he wanted to be a better farmer, and then he went into food processing. So he worked in food processing plants. And as he got promoted, you know, he would move to a different town where he would, you know, run the factory or whatever it was he was going to do. And we moved to this one town in rural town, which we're always in rural places in Pennsylvania. And for the first six months we lived there, no one spoke to us. Not one person spoke to us. No neighbor. You know, we'd be walking around. No one spoke to us. And my father, whose hobby was gardening, uh, and those of you who know me know that I have not as a green thumb as he is, but gardening is my hobby. And everywhere he, we lived, he had a huge patch because he missed having his hands in the earth. And he was out there working on a Sunday in his patch. And down our driveway, three town elders were working, walking towards him. And he stood up, and in his mind, he's thinking, oh, my gosh, they have watched us. They have watched that I've raised my girls to be polite, um, they've watched that I'm hardworking. You know, they've watched, and now they're, they're going to come and talk to me. So he takes off his glove, and they walk up to him, and they say, Mr. Darpino, we want you to know that we don't work on Sundays. <laughs> and we prefer if you don't work on Sundays either. My father takes a, a breath and just says, that factory over there, that's where I work. This is what I do as a hobby and to stay sane. But thank you for coming by, and I look forward <laughs> to getting to know you. <laughs> um, and eventually, you know, having daughters that he raised right, that were polite, my father being a good leader at the factory where the majority of men in the town worked, yes, you know, turn the tide. And eventually, they did accept us. So it's the three together. He had to work harder to be considered equal, so on and so forth. And we talk about the importance of, of always giving your best at everything you do. Was there ever a time where you were worried that your best might not be good enough? Anybody who knows me knows that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did say at TJAC, I laid in bed for three days. Yes, ma'am. You know, worried that I would fail, and then I'd switch over to just raw anger, but, uh, you know, <laughs> vacillating between the two. So, yes, yes. 
I think, and I, I know you all know this as, as leaders and you learn this, but that's part of being humble. You know, if you, if you walk into every situation thinking, oh man, baby, I am going to be king, that says something about you. And it doesn't say anything good about you, okay? <laughs> you know, you, because you have to go in. You know you have to learn that job. You know you have to trust the people around you. You know you have to build a new team. I mean, that's what the military is about. It's change and adapting and building new teams continuously. And with that is always that element of, oh boy, can I do, can I do this? And so I can't think of a time that I didn't go into a job where I thought, will my best be good enough? I just knew that that's what I had to do. Ma'am, if you look around this room, you see leaders from every service, uh, every rank, uh, just a, a great collection of, of the future of, of our military. What would you say is the most powerful thing that they can take away from your comments today? This is a, a gray prop foul chair lecture. And I think the most important thing is that you as leaders really have to keep your eye open for opportunities to force change. But that's not enough. You have to have the courage to do so. You have to be willing to be the person who is going to push for that change. And know, and know that the right people in the right jobs are going to change minds. And so be not afraid to do what is right. Ask, you know, just as General Huffman asked for that battle roster. He didn't know that someone wasn't going to take women, but he asked the right question. And then he forced change. He didn't ask, did you replace anybody? But he said, take your best. And I know that's not your best. And so be prepared to force that change. That's your responsibility to every member of your team. Don't let them be overlooked. I think that's extremely powerful, ma'am, the, the ability to impact change and to, to give everyone a voice and, and ensure that everyone has the opportunity to be successful is important. But just as you, throughout your career, some of these individuals may run into some naysayers. Uh, when they run into those naysayers, what was your most powerful strategy to, to avoid that getting caught up in the naysayers and keeping focused on what you had to do? Yeah, I, I think I feel like... You know, anybody, anybody could be asked that question that is of my, my generation. I'm looking at, you know, folks in the audience. I think with the, with the naysayers, and I think you might have figured this out as I was talking, is at, you have to hear what they're saying. Because you can't ignore, you, you're going to hear it, right? You have to hear what they're saying. And then I think it really is helpful to try to understand why they feel that way. Because just to put out the hand and ignore, it doesn't validate that individual's being 
part of your team or outside your team. But if you understand why they feel that way, you then can impact change by showing them how that's really not an issue. Okay, wow, that was convoluted. So let's just go to like General Kerry. General Kerry knew that there were naysayers out there saying that they didn't want women on their team. He knew why that was, but he didn't ignore it. Instead, he sent that brigade legal down there, paralegal NCO, who was fantastic, and knowing that that guy was going to have to come to his office and either give voice to why he didn't want her or he was going to have to accept her. But if you don't understand and the arguments that are out there that are being played, then you don't have the ability to combat it as well. And so I think listening is important, but not letting them sway. Man, we talk about oftentimes in our leadership curriculum that listening and effective is a huge part of effective communication. And not just listening to the words, but actually hearing what's being said. You know, you can, you can sit here and you can focus on what's being said in front of you, but if you're not paying attention to the details of what's being said, you may never really take away the message. And I think that goes into kind of what you were just saying. You have to hear what's being said and then make the decisions based on your best interest or the interest of the command or your client. When, when you're looking at tough decisions with tough clients, we talk about principled counsel and being able to deliver those hard messages sometimes to clients who just aren't interested in hearing what you have to say. Um, I think you said it very well. It was um, something to the effect of it's, it's not the lawyer, it's the law or something along those lines. Um, what, what was your go-to for dealing with tough commanders or clients when you had to deliver that tough advice? First of all, I think you all have to, you have to, you have to pick your moment. Not pick your battles because you've got to fight the battles that need to be fought. Okay, You can't let that slide if it's unethical or whatever. So if, Battle needs to be fought, but you have to pick the right moment. And I, I think JAGs are extraordinarily lucky in that we have access. We're often the fly on the wall. And so we hear those things, and then we know that we have the ability, because we've established our honesty you know, as being honest, being creative thinkers, being problem solvers, that we can pick the time where we need to address that issue. And, you know, typically it isn't, hey, sir, that ain't right. You know, <laughs> like, we don't, that's not what we do. I mean, that doesn't help us further the goal of having them do the right thing. And so it's very important that we find the right moment in order to do those things um, and being there, yes, speaking their language and being there. Ma'am, obviously the, the topic of our discussion today is, has covered a lot of bases, but the primary focus is diversity, equity, and inclusion. You talked about throughout your career uh, some of the extremely impactful decisions and advice you've given to your clients uh, to further women in combat, to, to improve the foxhole for uh, persons of color, uh, basically to, to give everyone the same opportunities. What do you think, as we move forward with our focus being so heavily on diversity, equity, inclusion, is there anything you'd recommend we particularly focus in on in our efforts 
be it uh, women in leadership positions, persons of color moving through the ranks, or is it just keeping that eye open for talent and making sure we put the right people in those jobs? I think, I think that's a tough question. Thank you for, you know, for that one. Um, you know, because it is such a balance. It really is such a balance. Leadership itself, I mean, it's, for people like you're born a leader, or you're born a leader, Do you, are you, can you learn to be a leader through training? Um, now there's all these debates and everything. And I truly believe being a leader is about caring. You know, it's about caring for the people that work for you. Um, it's about caring for the mission. It's about trying to care about people's success, both your clients and um, the people who, who work for you, your peers. You know, I've always been the person who would prefer to be um, in the background, making sure other people succeed. Like, being in the spotlight has always been dreadful for me. The, you know, the chair earlier. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like that. I, and I get, I get nervous, right? Okay, so where's this going? Where's this going? <laughs> so I think it's a, it's a balance. You know, you really do have to figure out how to make sure that the right people are given the opportunity to succeed. And again, that goes back to knowing them. Because there are going to be some people out there that have worked because of their background, whatever that may be, have had to work so much harder than those around them. And they really deserve to have that chance. And, and they, they, you see them getting overlooked, even though they've had to work so hard to get where they are. And you know their talent. And then you do have a responsibility. You absolutely do have a responsibility. But that goes back to caring about people and caring about the organization. Because you want everyone to be the best they can, and so you want to give them their op the opportunity. But you also want to make sure that you're cultivating leaders for the future and not picking, you know, picking the same team every time. And so are the guys who, you know, and when I say guys, I'm from the Philly area, so that means men and women, I <laughs> clarify. You know, that hand is going up all the time. It's like, what about the person in the back who's a little quieter, but gosh darn it, they're good. You. Come on. It's your chance. And so, so I think it is a balance. Ma'am, in the essence of time, I have one final question for okay. you, and then I'll turn it over to General Rish. And that question is, since you've left the JAG Corps, what do you miss most about it? Oh, I think that that's a pretty obvious answer, right? It's not the <laughs> stage. <laughs> it's not the stage. <laughs> um, no, it, it's, it's you guys. It's you guys. I mean, that's what it was always about. It's always about the people. I mean, no matter what grade you are, no matter what you do, it's like, you, you know, it's, it's the people. I walk in this, this place, and I'm seeing lieutenants walk by. I'm seeing majors, and I'm like, oh, my God. I, I miss this. I miss the talent. I miss the conversations. I miss my teammates. That's the hardest part about walking away. I, I don't necessarily miss the legal work I do to some degree you know I'll see something in the paper and I'll be like I think I could do better than that person <laughs> never you Stuart never you 
<laughs> you know? But you miss, you miss, because it's a team. It's like you've been, you have been part of like one of the greatest teams for 30 plus years. And then suddenly they're like, go home to your husband. <laughs> have a good time. You know, so that's, that's just what, and take advantage of that, man. Take advantage of that. You know, we were this weekend with friends of ours that we made in the basic course. Who did I go to that Springsteen concert with? Our buddy from the basic course. <laughs> I mean, seriously. They're the top ties that can never be broken. So. Ma'am, thank you so much for joining us today and spending the majority of your day with us. It's been an honor. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Mentorship Matters podcast presented by the JAG Corps Leadership Center. For more information and resources, please visit the JAG Corps Leadership Center website. And remember, mentorship matters because people matter, and you can be the difference.